Well, first, let me start off by saying uh, I do apologize if I sound stuffy. Allergies are winning the battle today. I'm sure you know what that's like, though, living in Texas. Oh, yeah, man. Do you guys have crazy allergies in Texas? Dude, they are the worst, man. Like, they take me out they, like on, an, on a regular basis. Just, uh, they just, uh, they like lay me out, dude. I can't even, I can't even do anything. They get to the point where my like teeth start hurting, you know, like my gums. Yeah, yeah, no, the, the, the back of like my root, the back of the, the top of my mouth and the back, it hurts because I'm like sneezing so much. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's awful, dude. It's awful. I feel like it's weird because the pollen comes from like the trees and the air that we breathe also comes from the trees. So what the hell are we supposed to do, you know? <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say the pollen comes from the trees that I painted behind me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the old uh, the old Zoom background, you know? <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. Hey, so uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hypothetical Comedy Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina. And I am Athena Rodriguez. And here we're here with comedian Jimmy Smoltage. What's up, Jimmy? How you doing, man? Hi, everybody. I wanted to call you James because I did that one time on a mic and it was very awkward. (laughs) Yeah, I don't feel I don't feel like I'm a James. I feel like James. Any James feel like James? I'm sure some of them do. Yeah, some people go by James. Yeah, like James Avery felt like a James. Oh yeah, you're right. I guess (laughs) James Earl Jones. Yes, iconic. Definitely, James. James Earl Jones definitely wasn't a Jimmy. No offense. No, definitely not. He could have probably been a Jim. Yeah, but... you're right about that. He probably could have been. You go by Jim though, don't you? In real life, I, I go by Jimmy usually, but Jim is also cool. You know, like yeah. I feel like I can I can pull that one off. But James is just too like official. You know. Like... <laughs> no, yeah, no, I I don't like going by Samuel when people call me that. I'm like, yeah. who, who are you talking to? Did my mom tell you to call me? Like, are you mad at me? <laughs> am, I, <laughs> am I in trouble? <laughs> Just, I'm not being coordinated, you know. So, Jim will or Jimmy will be cool. Hell yeah! What's up, Jimmy? How you been, man? Pretty good, pretty good. You know, just uh, doing the the comedy thing still uh, around Texas. Uh, I'm supposed to go on a little mini tour here in July. I'm not exactly sure where that's going to encompass. That's but, cool, though. Do uh, you know, like, uh, how long it's going to last? Uh, it's supposed to be 12 days and eight shows. Wow. That's it's awesome. It's a fun thing put on by Turn 2 Entertainment. They, they like, are picking up venues all around the country and trying to make runs out of them, you know? So mm-hmm. it's a pretty pretty neat little thing. That's great. That does sound really awesome. I, I hope that works out for you because it sounds really fun. Thanks. Me too. I've, uh, I've had uh, some shows, like, get canceled where I've was going to travel to him before, so hopefully this one works out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so were you uh, were you born and raised in Texas? Is that where you're from, like the Austin area? I was I've lived here since I was two, but uh, I was actually born in Hobbs, New Mexico, which is just like this on the right on the border of Texas. It's like this oil field town. My dad was working on the oil fields or the rigs or whatever. Uh, apparently, it was not not the greatest of place. You'd have to empty out your boots before you put them on in the morning because there are scorpions in them a lot of the time. Oh, wow. I mean, just all around not the greatest. I mean, we've had scorpions here. 
one time we were sleeping in a scorpion uh that was crawling on my face and i was like what is that face and then it stung me on my hand as i was pulling it away and then i dropped it in the bed and uh then then rosie and i couldn't find it but we had to work in the morning so we just went back to sleep in the bed and then and then later later on in the night the scorpion crawled on her but she had better reaction than me and she threw it off me because she knew it was a scorpion at that already... point, she was mentally prepared for it, yeah. Yeah, I, I had no idea. I thought it was like a fly or something, and then it stung me. I was like, oh, dang. But yeah, it's what so it stung you? Oh, yeah, it stung me twice. Once on the face and then once on the hand. Holy shit, and you didn't die? No, no, these are Texas scorpions, man. It's it's like it's like getting stung by a, a weak wasp. <laughs> the wasps out here have a powerful sting. I kind of live in the country a little bit, so... Not really the country anymore, but it used to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now it's just uh, suburban Austin. How far are you out from Austin? We're we're in the city limits, but just on the very outskirts of what the city is. But it used to be farmland. All we bought this place thirteen years ago, and uh, wow, it used to be farmlands as far as the eye can see. And now it's just like these tiny little houses that look like they were put together in a. Zelda game or something, you know. <laughs> like yeah, no, we fast. live in we live in a uh, like a farm town, as I ca- I like to call it, uh, but it's definitely suburbia town now. Yeah, they've uh, since we moved here in 2017, um, it's gotten like oh my gosh, so many houses, little condo houses, like all kinds of things coming over here and and being built, just so. It's it's weird to me just because like um there's so many potholes in the city and you think that they'd go okay let's make this place a little more attractive to live in first <laughs> before we build all these places nope <laughs> people just flock to the they don't even care yeah the, right? the roads out here are terrible too but like they just they just keep on building places around them it's and people so just weird. complain about it and move on with their day, I guess. Mm-hmm. You guys are pretty close to like uh, where? Where is it again? Somewhere in California, right? Yeah, we're yeah somewhere in California. Uh, we're near we're Northern California, so we're about an hour from San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose. Oh, right on, man. Yeah, so we have a lot of a lot of places about an hour away, which is pretty good. Pretty good, mm-hmm. you know, two hours on a, on a rough day, but that's not terrible either. Some places. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's not too bad. A little commute, but still nice, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, we were talking before we started. You said you lived in like a farm area or used to be more of a farm area, like a country area. Are you, did you grow up like as a farmer, like on a farm with chickens and stuff? Oh, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) You used to grow up with chickens, right? Yeah, uh, we, well, a dog recently ate the last of our chickens randomly. Oh, man. Dog, and then they ended up moving out right after that. So, what can you do? You know, yeah, I'm gonna get some more chickens this summer and, and protect them better. Oh, there so was... you have more chickens more as an adult than as a kid? Yeah, I've never, I never had any kind of animal like that when I was a kid. Like, we lived in a house in the city. So, I mean, I say the city, it's still like neighborhood and stuff. It's not like we were in the middle of a New York or anything. It was, it was back in the, the 90s. So, Austin was kind of more chill. It wasn't as crazy as it is now. Like it's, it's just exploded. Even in the past like couple of years since the pandemic, it's like, like they're just blowing up. It, it's it's going up higher. That 
when I was younger, they had a rule that you couldn't build a building taller than the state capitol. Oh, wow. You want to block the view, which it was pretty, it was, it was probably about a, I don't know, maybe 10 story building or something, but all the buildings downtown had to be like smaller than it. So, I mean, cause there's like a statue on the top. So I guess that's where they measured it from. But uh, then they changed that law. And since then it's just like, you can't even see the Capitol anymore. It's like completely blocked wow. out. By that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's the, they were trying to, they, Austin's a weird city. Cause like back in the eighties and stuff, people started really liking it. And, uh, they started moving here and they started having like those festivals and things. And like, uh, it was music capital of the world or whatever. They got that weird title. And, uh, or I think they just made it up. I don't really know what, who's <laughs> <laughs> giving out these titles or how official they are. But, uh, yeah. Then the city like made a bunch of these weird laws or, or they like shot down a bunch of like improvements to the city because they wanted the city to kind of stay crappier so people wouldn't move here, like an influx of people. They'd That's a good plan. You'd, you'd think, but it didn't work. They just yeah, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't. <laughs> didn't do any improvements on like the the infrastructure and the like traffic patterns. So now it's just like this crazy gridlocked thing. And there's like most cities are kind of built like a circle, you know. And there's like an outer loop that you can go around the city. Not Austin. It's just straight up and down I-35. It's just like a long line that just stretches from one city to another. We're just like stretching along the thing, incorporating all these other small towns. So uh, the traffic's, traffic's pretty bad. Although they're, they're kind of building new stuff, but now they can't catch up, you know, like as soon as they go oh, yeah. roads, like they've, they've put up like five skyscrapers downtown and the population's jumped up like crazy again. So. It's crazy because like you mentioned people since the pandemic have moved there a lot. Um, I, it, from what I my perspective is a lot of comedians have gone there because the, the, the lax laws of um, the pandemic and stuff. And it's just, it's kind of being a flourishing comedy community, but I never thought about it, but you're right. Cause it's probably every industry that's doing that music and, and whatever else too. Whatever else. Yeah. Tech and stuff. There's a bunch <laughs> of like, I mean, uh, Musk built that tech Tesla factory, like down the road. Oh Yeah. Tesla Road. <laughs> it's just this gigantic <laughs> thing where you can send his tweets from. Um, <laughs> it's just it's it's crazy. This town was not was they, we have a toll road now that goes around it, but it's it's a toll road which is it's crazy. All the new roads they're building are toll roads, and they I think they used to have a rule in Texas about not doing that too, but they they got wow. rid of. It. So um, I could be wrong about that, but. When I was younger, there was never any toll roads anywhere, and now they're, like, all over the place. So um, they're just trying to nickel and dime everybody, you know what I mean? It's, you used to have to not pay for parking downtown, and then they changed it. Like, you used to only be, like, during the uh, during the daytime or whatever, and then, like, they changed it to, like, all night, and then it was only, like, from, like, Thursday through Saturday. But now it's, like, every day of the week, and uh, they – the. <laughs> They just started like putting the the pay spots like or meters like everywhere. They're not even downtown anymore. They're just like are way on the east side, just like all over the place. Wow. So you end up if you don't want to like pay for parking, you just have to park like miles away and just hoof it over there, or you just wow. pay it, or you just park in front of the meter and don't pay, which is what I've been doing recently. After I oh. talked to some other comedians, <laughs> they're just like, yeah, they don't even ticket for that. They don't even. 
like, and so I was like, okay. And they're like, and if you do get a ticket, you'll end up having saved money by not paying for parking. <laughs> so you can, <laughs> oh, it's cheaper than the parking. <laughs> yeah. I also looked it up and there's some lawyer who like, will fight these cases for you um, for pretty cheap. And That's like, crazy. yeah. So, I mean, it's just, a, it's, but you don't know that. So, and people who come here, they don't know that either. Like, right. For the most part, people are going to pay for the parking. Like, not even. Yeah, they want to be safe. They don't want to get a ticket. They don't want to get towed. Right. Like, exactly. That's crazy. You know, I'm sure, one of these days I'm going to come out there and it's going to be, it's going to be bad news. It's going to be ridiculous. But, uh, like 20 bucks an hour. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not that bad. It's like a, I think it's a quarter for every 15 minutes. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's decent. That's decent. An hour. But uh, I think the ticket's only like twenty five bucks or something. I don't know. I could be I could be way off on on some of these numbers. Like I said, I haven't paid for parking in a while. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, how old were you uh, when you moved from uh, New Mexico to Texas? Was that thirteen years ago? Uh, no, it was when I was two. Oh, okay. So, okay. Uh, I was back in uh, 85, 1985. Wow. So, okay. So most yeah. of your life has been in Texas. I'm sorry. Most of your life, you've been in Texas. Yeah, I went to school here. I, uh, yeah, I grew up here. I don't even remember the time I wasn't here. You know, it's all stories that I heard from my parents and stuff. So, wow. all the all my memories are from from Texas. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, let's before we get into the comedy stuff, let's talk about your art a little bit. Um, sure. uh, I I know that you, in fact the other day I was talking to Athena. I forgot how it came up, but I was like, you got to see this picture, and I found. A picture of something you painted with a fly uh, that landed in it. Oh yeah, <laughs> and the fly looks like an alien and everything. I was showing her that. That was, that's pretty crazy. And, uh, I can actually show you guys that that it's my that's my table over here. I uh, <laughs> I did it and epoxied it. And uh, let's see if I can move it over a little that more. That looks really cool. I love it. For the people podcast, he painted his table. It's shiny. I don't know if I can get my camera close enough to the fly maybe if i pull the table way over but the uh this fly over here kind <laughs> of see it land yeah you can yeah and uh and i only put like a little layer over it so i went on facebook and was like hey should i uh should i sand the fly out of there or keep the fly and um it was pretty unanimous that I should just keep the fly as part of the painting. Yeah. And so that's what I ended up doing. It, it's uh, There's some people pointing up at that UFO and the, they're kind of pointing at the fly too. So <laughs> Yeah, you got lucky that the fly landed in the sky. Yeah. I mean, like it if could it landed in the water or grass, it might be a little bit more awkward. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's artwork. It's going to eventually be destroyed. So, you know, it's never going to last forever anyways. Might as well just uh, appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then you painted that wall behind you too, right? Yeah, yeah, I painted that one a few years ago. I had I had made this table, uh, that little coffee table, because we had a cheap IKEA one that kept on falling apart. So I just built that one real quick. Oh wow! And it originally had a black top that was just painted, just black. <laughs> and um, over the years, like the paint had kind of chipped away and stuff, and the wood underneath it was exposed and everything. So. I went ahead and sanded it down and then repainted it with this thing and then epoxied over the top of it. So it, uh, it, it lasts a little bit longer as far as the painting goes. There's a, you know, yeah. drink a lot of glasses of ice beverages and <laughs> out into the wood of, over time. That's awesome though, because like you're putting your personal touch on your stuff, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's more fun to look at than the cracking black, <laughs> you know. So, and how did you uh, how did you get into doing uh, painting and art and stuff? Well, I've always wanted to be an artist. Like when I was little, that was my my dream job. I was like, I'm gonna grow up and be an artist. And then I was like, oh, that's not really a, just a thing you can do. <laughs> like you have to. <laughs> It's kind of like there's no open mics for artists, you know, like there's you can't just be like, hey, look, I've got skills. I mean, the Internet is there, but I'm bad at doing things like I'm super bad at just like promoting myself and stuff. I hear you. I hear you. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a market out there, but I mean, I posted these things. I'm like, hey, anybody want murals? And everybody's just like, thumbs up. And silence. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no, same. She'll post a bunch of things that she's even trying to sell. And people put like hearts and thumbs up and everything, but uh, as far yeah. as it goes, I feel like uh, I'm at the point <clears throat> where I've started to just create art that I enjoy personally. And mm-hmm. if people want it, that's fine. But also, it's also not. It's also fine that if they don't want it, like I'm like, okay, well, I like it, so I don't mind keeping it. <laughs> That's the way to do it, you know, like anytime you try too hard to make one of your hobbies into like a career, you end up like not enjoying it anymore. That's why I think I'm kind of bad at promoting myself because I just want to enjoy comedy and art and, you know, like all my other hobbies, music and stuff. I'm not like trying to make a living off of it. Like it's just it's just if I make money off of it, then that's that's a plus, you know, Yeah, absolutely dependent on it, you know. So it's not like something that's that's making me worry or stressed, you know. It's just more enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any other pieces that you worked on, like throughout your life, that you maybe you still have or that you really liked? Mm-hmm. I got. I mean, I got a lot of paintings just up on the wall around me. Like uh, this, these one that was from when I was in high school. Wow. Oh wow, and, from high school. And, uh, yeah, and then this one's not even finished, but uh, you know. That's, and then some other, you know, landscape paintings. My that wife did so that one. Bad. That's incredible, man. Yeah, with the thing. And some underwater, you can't even see the turtle there. And then, like, I was going to paint. I'm not good at, like, thing, like uh, figures and stuff. So I kind of half-painted that one. And uh, we never finished it. But my wife put it on the wall anyways because she said she liked it. Aww. So, you know, I've got a bunch more. But they're kind of hard to see from here. So, you know. I just I just paint and if somebody wants to buy them I'll sell it to them usually um, with a couple of exceptions. Uh, yeah, like can I buy your wall? All <laughs> <laughs> the way to get it out of there. <laughs> I could I could paint another picture like that. I think that took me about ten hours to paint. Wow. And, uh, I had like a can of black, a can of white, blue, red, and yellow, and then. Uh, I just mixed the brown from those colors and stuff. So it wasn't that expensive. I just used those little like cans that you got from Home Depot. They're like six or something dollars a piece. So it's a pretty cheap, cheap, like materials wise. But, uh, you know, and I can knock them out pretty quick. That's why I'm like, man, I wish more people would (laughs) take me up on this thing. Because I painted walls at the other school I worked at, too, at the, the other preschool. But then they like redid the room. They like they painted it, uh, and they were like, "Don't paint over this one," because I did one over the door of like an uh, a desert that was in the daytime that went over like, and then it went to like an ocean in the middle, 
And then it went to night, a cloudy night, stormy sky on the other over like icy glacier type thing. Wow, that's pretty and, neat. It was, yeah, it was really cool. I don't, I've got pictures of it somewhere, but uh, they, they like were painting other over the room and they're like, don't paint over that one. But then I had painted another one too of like a, a mountainside with like a tree in the middle of the night. And they just painted over that one. And I was like, you did, they didn't realize not to paint over the, both of the paintings because they didn't specifically be like, and that one too, you know? Oh, wow. So, that's the thing about painting, though. And then eventually they ended up, uh, tearing down that wall that was between that I had painted on because it was between another thing and they were opening up a classroom to make it bigger and so that piece got destroyed too so that's just the thing about art you know it's kind of like graffiti you paint it on the wall and then eventually somebody's going to paint over it whether it's some other artist or the city or whatever you know it's just kind of going to disappear at some point but you can enjoy it while it's there yeah absolutely did you take classes or did you just learn by doing it uh, I've taken classes. I mean, art class, they offered it in school. So I was like, why the hell would I not take this? It's just like, yeah, I kind of do like, you know, I might as well check it out. And I ended up when I was in high school, I ended up just not even going to a lot of my classes and just going and hanging out in the art room. And the teacher was like, you're not really supposed to be doing this. I was like, <laughs> what are you, gonna do? you know, sell me out. No, because they were cool. Because uh, they're art teachers, you know. Yeah. Whenever I'm smoking behind the school anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's better than, like, what am I going to do, leave the school? Because I had cooler classes later in the day. It's just a couple that sucked, so I didn't want to, like, you know, get out, off of the campus and then not, not go to the other cool classes later, but... Yeah. Yeah, right, you don't want to leave and come back. Absolutely. Yeah. You get caught doing that shit. Oh, man, I would have loved to take uh, an art class in school. I, I used to move uh, around a lot, so I didn't really stay in a school long enough, and when I did in high school, I took um, photography and cooking. So I would have loved to have taken an art class because I feel like even though you can't really teach people how to express themselves through art, you know, that's their own expression, their own perspective. You can teach them techniques on how to translate it onto like <laughs> your art. <laughs> Well, uh, a lot of my uh, landscape stuff I just did in later years after watching a bunch of Bob Ross videos. And, yeah, I watched Bob Ross when I was younger, but Frick yeah. I never really uh, had the materials to, like, do it. But when I got older, I was like – and I still don't even do it the same way he does because he uses oil paint. Mm -hmm. And uh, he does a wet-on-wet -wet technique like that you don't even real, really realize until you watch it a couple of times. But at the beginning of every episode, he's like, we covered the canvas in liquid white or liquid black or liquid clear. Oh, so, you're right. I never really thought oh, it. Was, yeah. I don't really speak art. So that that really never really processed in my brain that he said that. You're right, though. Yeah, yeah. He covers the canvas in that so the paint kind of glides across it. So if you don't do that prior to your oil paintings, if you're doing that technique, then it's going to react differently than what he's doing. You could still get a good thing, but it's not going to be as smooth and fast as he does it. Mm -hmm. But uh, I just use acrylics, so I kind of, like, don't even do that. You can kind of, like, water down your acrylics with water, and you don't have to use turpentine or anything. So uh, it's just easier for me, and plus it doesn't smell as bad with the, like, yeah. volatile, you know, cleaner and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I just I just applied his, his techniques to acrylic painting. And what I used on the wall back there was a, a, a water-based enamel, I think, uh, paint or something like that. So cool. from from like the hardware store but it's still the same kind of basic techniques you know 
So if and you got you can check out like Bob Ross on on YouTube now for yeah. free. Oh wow! They also have uh, Roku has a Bob Ross channel with I don't know if it's all of his stuff, but it's quite a lot. Yeah, I've seen some on a like Hulu or something too, or Netflix. I don't remember one of those things, but yeah, it's you can you can find it all over the place. Back in the day, you just kind of had to look out and turn on PBS at the right time, you know? Yeah, like, I remember I did that a few times and I watched it. Yeah, because it was it was a weird thing. It's like not the same kind of show was on every day, and he just had a I don't know. I was like, this isn't the Cartoon Channel, so I didn't really know the schedule. Yeah, <laughs> it's either Bob Ross or Mister Rogers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were some cool ones on there. Uh, yeah, I guess those were two. Of the and then Sesame Street, of course, which was the the jam when I was a, yeah. a little. Um, but yeah, Bob Ross. He's he's what I basically got most of these techniques from. Like that mountain is is his style. It's just like the black base, and then you got the two colors of like uh, a light blue and a light blue white and a like light or a white yellow, and it's just you know it just kind of comes together super easy after you've done it a couple of times. Freaking gorgeous! And I also like how you um, painted the light into a lot of the features, like that. I think it's grass. It looks like grass. Oh yeah, yeah. There's well, there's tree. It's supposed to be like trees in the very background, and then like grass on the on the. Yeah, I love that. I love um, when people paint like the light that's shining on certain objects that you don't really normally think about. Like especially when it rains over here in California, the grass, uh, not the grass, but the hillsides will start growing green, and it looks almost like velvet, but really it's just green with yellow flowers, really tiny yellow flowers, but it's optically looking like velvet. And I love that. I love when nature does beautiful things like that. And when you can translate it onto a canvas, it's even more like profound. Yeah. I love being able to appreciate all that stuff. When I was in high school, like, I, I had to walk back and forth to school. Like it wasn't that far, but it was far enough, you know, and it was in the Texas heat. So oh, yeah. just hating it for a while and just being like, this sucks. I wish I had a car. Like I, this is every day. I'm just sweating. And you know, you had your heavy ass backpack. So there's yeah. sweat underneath it. And, um, and then eventually one day I was like, why am I hating this every day? You know, I should just like appreciate what is around me instead of just like, thinking about how much it sucks, like, just, like, look at nature and, like, appreciate it, so I, I would, and I'm, like, you know, I'm I'm an artist, so why not, like, look at the things and see how they actually are and start looking at them like I was going to paint them, you know, and then when you kind of train your eye to see things like that, you see where the light's coming from, like, almost yeah. automatically, and you kind of, like, learn how to do that. It's just a better way to see life, too, you know, like, mm-hmm. there's so many things that suck, and it's so easy to get bogged down with them, but if you just kind of, like, you know, I'm going to have to deal with them anyway, so I might as well try to enjoy the ride. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a That's tough an incredible thing. outlook. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. be very, very easily applied to uh, to comedy. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say, uh, I wish I had a car, so I drew myself one. <laughs> 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 oh, that would not be a very good drive. <laughs> <laughs> like, it didn't get me very far though but it was nice it was a nice car i don't think my car would pass inspection 
Hey, speaking of comedy, how did you uh, how did you discover comedy and decide that that was something you wanted to do? Yeah. Oh man, I uh, the weirdest. It's kind of weird. I uh, was at a party and we were talking. I was talking to this girl and uh, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do a comedy night at my house." And she was like, "That sounds awesome." And then I totally forgot about it because it was at a party and I was drinking. And then I saw that same girl uh, at another party. Sorry, like, you told her you were going to do comedy night? Yeah, yeah. It was like at a potluck thing. They, they were having these potluck things like uh, every Monday where a bunch of people would just get together and, and like bring different food. And they were having it at different places. And I was like, I'm going to do one at my house and also have like a comedy night during it. <clears throat> and, uh, and then, of course, I promptly forgot because of alcohol and other things. Um and then, like, a, a couple weeks later, we were at another one of those potluck things, and she was there, and she's like, hey, are you ever going to do this comedy night at your house? And I was like, oh, yeah, I did say that one time. So, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so we had the potluck uh, at my house at the time, and I had three roommates, and um, I had a little speaker and a little stool and a mic stand and stuff, you know, and uh, we... Uh, <laughs> It was it was a bachelor pad, so we uh, we pulled the blinds down and they were covered in dust. So we just like wiped off comedy night letters and just, just like, <laughs> 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 Oh, so you, that's a good backdrop. <laughs> yeah. it, was a, it was a pretty good time. And then we just we just told jokes to each other, you know. And uh, we, I didn't know what I was doing because I'd never been to a comedy club I, or an open mic at all. Uh, we were just you know kind of bullshitting around and. Uh, it got popular, and we ended up doing it there the first Monday of every month. And, oh wow! Uh, yeah, we did, we did you say that because you were trying to impress her, or because you legitimately wanted to do comedy? I just thought it was gonna be fun, you know, because I'd always write ideas down and stuff, and try to like. I thought I might. I've I've written some like stories. I had written some like uh, what I was gonna try to make into a movie, which is. Man, that's the great thing about doing comedy. It's just you. You don't have to like get a director or you know <laughs> actors and things like you could just write an idea and then just tell people it. But yeah, I was, so I had like had all these ideas and stuff, and I was like, I'm gonna be a, some kind of script writer or something, or write book writer, and then I don't know the first thing about any of that. Uh, so I just did the comedy thing, and then it ended up being real fun, and we just kept on doing it. And we did it there for a year, and it ended up getting really big. And it was like oh, every wow. night, it was like a big party and people would, all the people would come because it, it was just it was a real fun time, you know? And uh, we had like, people could do music there too, you know, like acoustic music and stuff. And um, uh, it was, we'd still do potluck. So people would bring food too and, and booze and everything. And uh, then like about a year after we started, uh, my friend is like, hey, can I bring my brother? And I was like, sure. And then she's like, hey, can can he bring his two friends too? And I was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. You know, you're cool. I'm sure he's cool. His friends are probably cool. Like, uh, it's a it's a comedy night. We're gonna get more people in the crowd to laugh and stuff. Yeah. So the more the merrier. Uh, she comes through, and then her brother comes through with these two dudes, and immediately I'm like, oh, those guys are meth heads. <laughs> like. I was like, the, the only thing that lacked when they came through the door was like a Kid Rock soundtrack playing behind them. You know, like it was like so obvious that these dudes were bad news. And um, so uh, they, they they ended up playing with my dogs the entire night. I had two big dogs and they just spent the entire night playing with my dogs. And I was like, you know, whatever. We're having a good time. I'm drinking. I didn't really think too much of it. 
uh, like two or three days later, they kicked in our door and, and robbed us at like the time, like when all three of us were gone from the house for like, Holy a shit. So they were like casing the, the place. And they, as soon as they saw him leave, they like kicked open the door and just busted through the lock. Cause I don't know if you guys know this, but the screws they put in doors originally are like tiny as can be. Yes, they are. Yeah. I've seen, yeah, I've, seen I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah. They're, it's a good idea. Cause some meth head could just kick your damn door in apparently. And uh, they they stole uh, some stuff. Like they stole the video camera uh, that I was borrowing from my friend that we were recording oh, wow. the comedy nights with. Uh, they stole my friend's like phone. They stole three hundred dollars of his rent money off his counter. And they stole his laptop. Uh, they went through my room and um, they like threw a bunch of stuff around, but I didn't have anything worth stealing. So uh, <laughs> that's good and bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, nothing in my room was worth meth. So, uh, <laughs> had a that's how we all should value our stuff. Like, how much meth is this worth? Put a sign on the door. Nothing in here is worth meth. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It was, uh, so, uh, it was, it was a wild time. And after that, my roommates were like, hey, we're not doing this thing anymore. You know? Yeah. Did so, you think they were playing with your dog? So if they broke into your place, the dogs yep, would be like, exactly. Oh, I know yeah. you. I it's remember you. the first thing you. I thought of. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And then I was like, I was like, hey, I got in front of my friend. I was like, your brother's friends, who were those guys? I, I think they might have broken my house. They were acting real weird. And she's like, oh, let me talk to my brother. And she's like, oh, he says he met them earlier that day at the bar. Oh, shit. What, what are you doing inviting these sketchy ass people to my house, you stupid asshole? Yeah, that's true. You don't meet random ass people and invite them to somebody else's house. I know. I was so pissed that it happened because, like, I felt bad for my roommate because he got his shit jacked. I just got my room messed up. Yeah, you know? I would have stopped that night, too, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Uh, what year were you doing that comedy night? That was back in 2008, I believe. And um, then I, I, I opened, I got, uh, I started the mic at another place that uh, my, my roommate's parents had just bought, like his mom and his stepdad. And uh, I did it there for out of there for like a couple months. And then that place closed down and the dude didn't even tell us it was closing down. We just showed up one day to do the comedy night. And there was a couple comedians out front and the employees, like he didn't even tell the employees. And we we're all just like, what the fuck is happening? And uh, eventually we got in touch with the guy and he's like, yeah, it's closed down. So then I, I moved it to what? another <laughs> uh, Conan's Pizza. And I did it there for about a year. And that was, uh, that was pretty successful. Um, and then I kind of, uh, my mom died and, uh, I got some, I got some money. So Rosie and I were able to like buy a house, but the only place we could afford was way out here in Farmville. So, uh, it was a big commute back and forth and I just was like, it's not really worth it. So I kind of just stopped doing comedy for about nine years, uh, or, or 10 years or something and picked it back up like, uh, in the summer of 2019 so like the early summer of 2019 right before the pandemic kicked oh wow we uh we stopped doing comedy so we started doing comedy uh she started 09 i started 2010 uh we both stopped doing it around 2016 mm-hmm. and we also go back into it summer of 2019 it was a good summer for comedy you know apparently apparently uh, it was <laughs> what was it like for you getting back into comedy uh, it was a little weird, you know, because you just got to get back in there. But I had some jokes that, that 
I knew would work. So I was able to like go in there and kind of like impress some people at the open mics. They're like, Hey, that's funny, you know, like, uh, and stuff. But there's like the, the scene was insane. Like, uh, th- there's like 40 comics at like every mic and they're like all pushing each other out of the way to try to sign up on the list. Oh, wow. And it's just like, it's, it's crazy. And it, and since the pandemic happened, it's, it got even worse here. Like I host the open mic, uh, at Little Woodrow's on Mondays and, uh, we have, we have 40 people almost on a, a, a weekly basis. So it's, it's just, it's nutty, you know? Like I'm sure that now though, there's a lot more venues too, though. There's a ton of venues. There's like multiple open mics yeah. every night. They're all over the place. And, uh, they have multiple comedy clubs now too. Back yeah. in the day, the Velveeta Room in Cap City. Like when I first started, and those were like the major ones. And then they had uh, Cherrywood Coffee House and Kick Butt Coffee. And um, then I I did Conan's, which was just the open mic, uh, but there was no showcases out of there. But then when I came back, there was a ton of more places. And then since the pandemic happened, like it's just blown up more. Now there's, uh, in in addition to Cap City Comedy and the Velveeta Room, like actual comedy clubs, there's the Creek in the Cave. The South Austin Comedy Club, the East Austin Comedy Club, and now the Mothership Comedy Club, which wow. is the one. So that's like six six comedy clubs in the city. So I hear about I hear about the Creek in the Cave Club too, which oh, I'm is sorry, what was that? I talked over you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I, no, no, I, I just forgot one. Roscoe's Comedy. Club. Oh, Roscoe's too. I, I heard of Creek of the Cave on, on Kill Tony a lot, and yeah. now Kill Tony's from the Mothership. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's pretty neat. That's crazy though. Mm-hmm. Six more clubs has popped up. Um, I also wanted to tell you, so when we came back in 2019, uh, some people didn't know us that started comedy maybe when we were on our hiatus or whatever, like like you, right? People thought we were brand new into comedy, uh, mm-hmm. but we were seasoned. And so as soon as we started doing comedy, we started getting momentum. We started kind of being in places. And I had one guy tell me, how did you guys go from like starting comedy to being in all these places? And I was like, oh, we did comedy for a long time before we stopped. <laughs> yeah. You kind of—it's like riding a bike or whatever. You kind of pick it right back up, and you're able to be like, "Oh yeah, I know timing. I know you know cadence and." Yeah, because there's a lot of bullshit you got to go through in the beginning to learn all that stuff. It takes a while. I mean, I feel like I still will get up there sometimes and just like forget everything I've ever learned, and just oh, like, dude, absolutely. Sometimes I go up there and I just feel like the dumbest person in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't remember my jokes. I don't remember timing. But this is sometimes I go up there and I feel like the biggest superstar ever. Also, yeah, I, I that'll happen to me. Like I have a string of like great sets, and I'm like, I'm doing great. Nothing's gonna, nothing can take me down. Like I don't even have to have to prepare for this, you know. Yeah. Like I'll just wing it. It'll be great. And then I get up there and just like ugh, crash and burn. And like, <laughs> you're not, you're not as funny as you thought you were. You know, you got to prepare a little bit and you just, you know, because sometimes you, you you can just do it off the top of your head. Mm-hmm. You know, like you'll have like a lot of good like sessions where you're just like, dude, I'm fucking killing it. Like shit's just happening. Like I'm in comedy mode. And then when you, I don't know, for me, at least when I try to bring that out, <laughs> I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> I don't know how to like bring it out naturally. You know, it just happens <laughs> like in the moment of like needing it to happen. Like if somebody heckles me, I'm I'm usually pretty good at being able to retort without being like super mean, you know, and I, I'm able to be funny about it. Um, but like, yeah, if I just try to like go up there and I'm like, I'm going to kind of improv my set. I'm just going to think of like whatever I think of on stage and, and kind of make that funny. 
I end up talking about the lights or something stupid, you know? <laughs> like, I, um, awesome. I, like, I did a show recently and I, so I have, I have jokes. I don't even prompt my shit. I have yeah, jokes yeah. that I write out and everything and I practice. Um, but I will do, you know, one or two jokes about the room when I first start doing the show, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I did a show recently, uh, where, uh, they were playing music upstairs and it was like, it felt like we were there in the same room with us. It was like karaoke. It was so loud. And mm-hmm. so my, my first joke was, uh, um, I was sitting in the back thinking to myself, wow, somebody's really good at Guitar Hero. <laughs> I thought that was really good. The place loved it. Heck yeah. That's my, my favorite thing to do too, is make a, like a joke about the room or about something that kind of like shows the audience that you're like, not just doing prepared material, you know, like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like it kind of endears you to them right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they can relate to that, like automatically. Like I did this one show and um, the next day they're going to do some kind of event. And there was these like these pink, cute little drapes up on the, on the stage area. And I was like, I turned around and I said, well, this is the first time I've ever done comedy at a baby shower. <laughs> you know, just place, things like that. I really feel like it makes the audience like, relate to you and so that it kind of makes makes them like you off the bat heck yeah i was doing a i was doing like a 20 minute set at this cigar bar which is just like a giant room where people smoke cigars inside of <laughs> um <laughs> it had comedy and uh like the first five minutes i just i was just like talking about the room and, and it was killing so hard like it was it was like some of the funniest stuff of the night i think out of out of anybody who went up so you know the people people see that and they can really relate to it you know yeah yeah the trouble with that though is like if you're filming that and you're trying to pass it off to somebody as a clip or whatever it's hard to relate um if you weren't there that night kind of i mean well i was the jokes i was telling i felt like were pretty relatable i was the whole place was smogged out you know i was like i haven't seen this many clouds inside of a room since i got out of my car before this thing I was like, this is the only place I've done comedy in where I'm certain there's not a smoke detector. (laughs) Nice. That was really good. If they have a fire broke out, you wouldn't even know in this place. Like, hey, what's that guy smoking over there? Oh, that's a chair. You know? (laughs) (laughs) It was uh, was so, I feel like the jokes I was doing were still pretty relatable. Yeah. You know, even if you, even if it wasn't, you weren't like in the room at the time. Because if I had a guy, I didn't get video of that one, of course. Um, you probably couldn't have. It's so smoky. Right. <laughs> They're like, why is it so foggy in there? <laughs> like, I like the smoke filter that you used. <laughs> like one of those '90s soap operas where they just smear the camera with Vaseline. Right. <laughs> I don't even know they did that. That's crazy. Got to look into that. That's funny. I thought that's what they did. I don't even know. Maybe I'm making things up again. I don't know. You're you're more of an artist than I am, so you probably know those tricks. <laughs> um. <laughs> um how was the pandemic for you? Because you started comedy just before the pandemic, and then we all had to stay home. What was that like for you transitioning to online? You know, it was it was weird at first because um, you know we were all like, "Oh, what is happening?" I don't think anybody really knew what was going on. We we thought it was going to be a couple weeks or something. So uh, after like a couple weeks, and it was still going on, somebody. Um, a comic in town who was like a, a speaker, like he does professional speaking, like for his living. Um, it was like, I'm going to do a virtual mic, you know, with this zoom thing. Cause he had used it for his like meetings or whatever. And so he did that. And I hopped on there and uh, he ended up putting me up first. So 
And then he was like, you're the first guy to do digital comedy in Austin. And I had a terrible set. Like, I had my piano out. I think I had, like, a fake bow tie on or something. <laughs> it, was, it was the stupidest thing. Because I didn't know what I was getting into. Like, I had a fake mic. I had a microphone that wasn't plugged in. It was just, like, I didn't even know what was happening, you know. So it, it wasn't good. But after that, he did it a couple more times. And then he was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. So then I picked up the mic that he was, that uh, you know, that he was doing. Actually, another guy started doing it. And then I took it over after he stopped doing it. Um, cause I was running a mic on Mondays during the pandemic and, um, it was, it was, it was a good time, you know, and then I, I've got on the displaced comedians and the hypothetical comedy, uh, you know, group. And uh, I saw a lot more stuff being posted on there and, and really, I, I, I enjoyed the heck out of it, honestly, cause I hate parking. And, oh uh, man, <laughs> wait until you, wait till you perform in San Francisco. Oh man. Yeah. I'm just going to walk places or Uber, I guess, or something. Yeah. Muni in San Francisco, they call it. That's their bus Muni? system. Oh, okay. M-U- M-U-N-I, Muni. I don't know what that means. Muni rail? Yeah, it's a bus <laughs> system. They, it's weird because they're on cables. I don't know. Anyway, um, so that's virtually funny, right? You're talking about? Yeah, yeah. And then apparently I was, uh, somebody else had already taken that name and they, they told me on Facebook, they're like, hey, you're using this name or whatever. And I'm like, okay. So I, I changed it into, is this, is this a joke? And, uh, cause it's kind of based on that meme where that guy was like looking at the butterfly with the book and the glasses. I don't know if you guys remember. It was a popular meme during the pandemic. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if, whatever. I, if I saw it, I probably would. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, anyways. So I kind of, I, I turned that into there and I kind of changed the mic too into like a, a, a improv based thing. Um, wow. but it didn't last very long, you know, cause then that was, that was about the time that everything was starting to reopen. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, uh, somebody shared virtually funny. I think it was Steven Sosa. Mm-hmm. And then I, so what I would do, and I still do this with, with in-person shows is I go, Oh, this looks like a cool show. Who runs this show? I got to find out, you know, and then I ended up discovering you and then we became friends and, and the rest is history, but that's super cool that, uh, that, that you were running that show and we were able to connect like that. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I did, I might've done his show with you guys too. The Laredo funny mic that they were running. Yeah. I did that a couple of times. I really liked Laredo funny. Yeah. I did that with them too. And then that's how I met him. Um, and, uh, yeah. And Sarah Garza and, and all those guys or people, I guess, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's a great. It, that's the good thing about the Zoom thing too is you we're able to meet comedians from different places and kind of like establish connections. Sort of like there was a one that I was doing regularly out of New York, so I, I met quite a few New York comics. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, it's just like a fun thing of the the Canadians, you know. Heck yeah! Uh, yeah, we met a lot of cool Canadians all over the we world. Just met a lot of Ma- cool people. Malaysia, people out of Malaysia, people in Germany, people in Netherlands. Heck yeah. Yeah. We used to do a hypothetical world tour uh, where we were doing uh, a a show, a virtual show in a different country every week. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Using their local comedians on the show. Oh, that was such a fun, it was such a fun idea. Yeah. I I loved it. I loved it because like, when else would you be able to have that kind of opportunity? That was like one of the things that I loved uh, that people were able to like do during the pandemic was like, 
find different opportunities or even make them. Yeah. yeah. And then it's it, funny too, because sorry, I cut you off, but um, like I had a friend who connected me with, Oh, this is my other friend. You know, like this is a comic become friends with this person. And I was like, okay, cool. And that person was like, Oh, these are my friends, uh, Steven and Sarah, you know, they do cool mics. You should connect with them. And I was like, okay, cool. And then that kind of helped me get connected with you. So it's just the zoom thing. is just so crazy how all these different connections make all these other different connections. Yeah. It was great for, for networking and, and just like, it was a real cool thing because a lot of the gatekeepers of comedy too are not involved with it, you know, like, yeah, you're right. And are like, really like will run only like certain people in their club. Like this kind of gave a lot of people like an, an ability to just put content out there and like share it, you know, on a, on a grander scale. Leveled the playing field. And then yeah. if you thought somebody was being an asshole in one zoo, Mike, there's a hundred more. Yeah, exactly. There was at least during that pandemic that, that spreadsheet that they had on there and everything. Oh yeah. This place, the, the, the list on displaced comedians. Yeah. That was, that was epic. That's wonderful that Nico did that. Yeah, that really is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful for the group. And then for making that spreadsheet and making sure that everybody knew what's up. Yeah, because I'm sure a lot of people would not have gotten to Zoom comedy if they didn't stumble upon displaced comedians. Absolutely. Yeah, it was so accessible, you know, like anytime you just look up a day and you look up the thing and they had like how to join it and everything. It was it was great. Yeah. And then anytime you wanted to read about a fight, you just click on any post. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> People are fighting in every post. <laughs> yeah. And then and then you have like seven more posts like making fun of the post. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely got out of hand, but it was it was really fun in its heyday. Callback. Yeah, yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot. I'm still a member of it, but it's like I died down quite a bit. But uh it was uh, it was fun. I uh, and also during the pandemic, I got into like virtual reality comedy. Have y'all tried that at all? Oh no! So I don't have a headset thing, so I never really got into it. Uh, was it fail to render? So yeah, fail to render is yeah, my. Tell us about your experience with that. I had a, a friend uh, in Austin who was doing comedy with them, and um, he's like, "I have two headsets." He like got a headset for cheap after that, and he's like, "This is." So I, I met him on, or I mean, I had met him a couple of times in Austin before that. And then I met him on the like uh, Laredo funny show and stuff. Uh, Shannon Muggridge. I don't know if you know him. Yeah. Sh- yeah. In fact, Shannon's the one that connected me with Steven and Sarah. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. a great guy. And they turn to entertainment is like the best. Him and Amy uh, are like the greatest people. Some of the greatest people. Yeah. Uh, I like Shannon a lot. Yeah. Shannon's super cool. Yeah. And so he was, um, he he was doing it uh there and he's like anybody in austin want to come and uh come and do this he put on like posts on like one of the austin comedy uh facebook groups or whatever if you want to try this in vr go ahead and a couple of people uh did it and i was like yeah i'd love to so he's like yeah come over on this time and he had me and another lady from austin um come over mary helen mccarthy and she was like an older lady who did these funny jokes uh that were like you know Anytime old people talk about like, or older people talk about stuff that's like, you know, sex related is just as makes it even funnier. <laughs> um, she would, she would do some pretty good jokes and she went up and then I went up on there and um, she ended up leaving. And at the time failed to render was doing like 
if you if you were voted the funniest person on there, then you get put on their paying showcase like on the Saturday or, or next Saturday or whatever. Mm. And so I, I ended up being voted the funniest person. Oh, uh, that, wow. So, uh, they put me on the showcase the next time. And Shannon was nice. They put him on there, too, because he would do the showcases regularly. Um, so uh, I, I went back to his house and I did it and I had a good time and another good set, you know, and I was like, man, I really enjoy this. And at the time, the headsets were $300. And I was like, I mean, we had that stimulus check. And uh, I was like, I'm going to put this to, to comedy, you know, because I was like, if I, I made a couple, I had already made a, a little bit of money from doing it, from doing those two like shows. Because when you, you got the funniest, you won a little bit of money. So I was like, nice. I can just get this and this thing can pay for itself. And um, I've had it for a couple of years now and I'm almost done paying for it. It's almost done paying for itself. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And then, yeah. like, yeah, like Nico, Nico bought himself. What did he buy? Like a recorder, like a recorder that he connects to his phone or something. Uh, but he bought it like with money that he made doing comedy. So it's almost like it paid for itself. Oh, it's that. like a lapel mic. Yeah, like a so lapel when mic. So he's on stage, it doesn't like have just people laughing around the, the camera that's recording. Oh, wow. Or something like that. I think that's what he said it was. It's like a little lapel mic thing. Oh, I gotta nice. get that. Yeah, he said he plugs it into his phone so and smart. puts it into his pocket or something. But yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's comedy money. So yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Hopefully your uh, your headset pays for itself someday. Do you still do you still find use for it even though you're not doing? Com- Are you still doing comedy online or the virtual? Yeah, yeah, I do it. Uh, they they have changed up their their structure quite a bit now. Uh, they started in um, what was it even called? Any oh alt space. Yeah, uh, yeah I do remember that. Yeah, alt space, and then they just shut that thing down a couple months ago. So oh, they moved wow. their whole like operation into uh, Meta Horizons and VR Chat, which are like two different ones in there. The Meta Horizons is run by Zuckerberg. Uh, AltSpace had been run by Microsoft. Um, so uh, the the weird thing about like the Meta Horizons is everybody kind of looks like a a little bit like either Mark Zuckerberg or Ellen DeGeneres. Like it's avatars <laughs> <laughs> are just like so so kind of dull and. Um, but uh, in the VR chat, it's fucking wild because you can be anything. Like, there's like hamburgers with bat wings. There's like a <laughs> giant banana that's just walking around. There's people who are like fish, like Kyle uh, Kyle Render. I don't know if you know him. He's the guy who runs the failed to render thing. He's like he switches up his uh, his, his avatar like through the whole thing. He'll be like Bowser one minute, and then he'll be like this weird duck sperm snake thing that flies through the air he was, a, he was a he was a napkin with a hat on it one day that just was kind of floating it's just the weirdest the, people make like the weirdest avatars so you're just doing comedy in a room of just like the nuttiest creatures you could ever imagine and then also he runs it out of the it's in a virtual kmart like somebody took the time oh, to wow. make an entire kmart and put it in virtual reality. So you could walk around all the aisles and stuff and they have like food there and shit. I mean, and, but wow. they also got an attached pizza hut and then they do, they have a little stage in the pizza hut and they just do the comedy out of the pizza hut that's attached to the Kmart. So it's like, it's the weirdest, it's that's the weirdest. crazy. But uh, it's a fun time because it's just so silly. And also it's like virtual reality so it, it doesn't seem like the stakes are as high as actual comedy. Yeah. You know? 
especially if you're just like doing the mic or doing one of the shows that don't pay. I he sometimes will he'll do like uh, sh- do shows and like during the week, but unless you're the headliner or the host, you just kind of do it. So I basically it's like a longer open mic. It's like a ten minute open mic essentially. So where you can kind of like go in and just like do stuff, but you're not going to get paid for it. So you know you might as well try new things. Or well, that's good. Yeah, that get is really the cool. get the kind of like lay of the land, so to speak. Yeah, I have a lot of fun. Like it's. It's one of the only places that I, I feel like doing crowd work is great because it's just so weird, the, the avatars that people have. But then I learned this weird thing. Like, apparently, I, I, I mis-avatared somebody. Oh, like, no. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Like, uh, like I'm not a tiger. I'm a lion. Oh, well, it, they were dressed. They were. I was like an 8-bit butler from the 1800s or something. Yeah, it looked like a butler that was made in Minecraft. Or something. Um, it was a strange thing that I picked, but it was like one of the default ones. And you, if you want one of the cool ones, you have to get like a program or whatever and do something. But I just went with the default ones. And uh, that was the only one that wasn't like an anime girl. So I just went with that character. <laughs> and uh, I, during the thing, I was like, hey, look, you, you're the same as me. And then the person's like looking around and like, yeah, you, the 8-bit butler. Well, who do you think I'm talking to? <laughs> like, look down at yourself. If you're made of 8-bit... <laughs> I'm talking to you. And um, then after the show, this guy was like, yeah, you have to click on the person and then click on this eye icon to un- to uh, reveal what they actually are. So like that was that was a furry person, uh, like some kind of furry creature or some shit. And I was like, what the fuck kind of sense does that make? How are you going right. to hide the original way the person is dressed behind all these fucking like smoke and mirrors, like just show the person how they're supposed to, how they chose to be, you know, like, so it's a, it's just like all, all this extra weird layer of comedy. And then they don't have a way to like give you the light in that thing. So when I was doing it last time, I just got a content warning. They're like, something you have said is been found offensive by somebody. And I was like, what the fuck? I was in the middle of a, a joke about lung cancer and I was like, and cigarettes. And I was like, who the hell is finding that offensive? Like Philip Morris? Like <laughs> we got some tobacco <laughs> companies in the audience. Like I didn't know what the hell was going on. And um, turns out that was supposed to be the light. So I didn't know that was the light. So I just kept on going. For <laughs> oh, wow. you didn't tell me anything. So, and then I got another content warning. I was like, what the, f- what is happening? Who is, why am I not telling like offensive jokes? And then he he's like, "That's the light." I'm like, "Dude, tell me that shit ahead of time." Like, yeah, totally. You cut my comedy down, and then I won't make a big deal out of it. You know, like instead of freaking out on stage about like about to get banned out of <laughs> VR chat, never see that fucking walking banana again. You're like, do I continue this joke if it's offending well, someone? <laughs> do I make it I mean, worse? <laughs> Joke was like so not offensive. Like I, there was no bad words. There was no like, I mean, dicks or any kind of you know classic comedy <laughs> no content warning. There were no dicks. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was just it was just a joke about like how um, we we were poor growing up, but my parents always had money for cigarettes, you know. And then like it was a joke about uh, Marlboro Miles and Camel Cash. I don't know if you guys remember those. Yeah, absolutely do. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was a joke about that, and then um, and then I got a content warning, and I was like, "What? What is happening?" You know, turned out it was the light. That's silly. That's so funny. Yeah, 
Is there still a lot of people there? Like, because I know Zooms are kind of becoming scarce. There are uh, quite a few people because they, they got the there. People keep on getting these helmets and stuff, you know. Oh um, yeah, they still want to use them. Yeah, and they they're they're starting to advertise now on TV. Although the weird thing is, the helmet that I bought uh, out during the pandemic just got raised a hundred bucks, and it, it's been out for years. I'm like, who does that? Who releases a product and then over time just makes it more expensive? Like, whoa, that'd be like if a, an iPhone five <laughs> right now is like a thousand dollars or something. Like, you know, I don't know. They made it fifteen hundred. I uh, I'm glad I got it when I did because it's a hundred bucks cheaper. But yeah, uh, I'm glad a, for you too. One thing they have games and stuff in there too. Oh, all yeah. kinds of games. They have the zombie games where yeah. you're like. Actually, you're like walking around and a zombie comes and you can like push him away and you gotta stab him in the head with a screwdriver or something. It's, oh, it's, wow. Uh, and like if you don't stab him hard enough, it doesn't like go into the skull. You're just like tapping him on the side of the face. <laughs> it's a, it's an, it's an immersive experience, you know? <laughs> that sounds so gross. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. It's, it's kind of terrifying too, you know. You like, yeah, I would think so. <laughs> like right up in your face, and then you turn around, and then behind no. you, too, it's it's a uh, it's a it's a new way of gaming for sure. I feel like it, this will kind of take over the future. It's still kind of in its beginning now. The headset's still a bit glitchy as as well. So, and now they're just charging more for it. They didn't fix any of the problems. Those bastards. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Yeah. Do you have anything you're working on? Any projects or anything? Um, I just I just made a hip hop song. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a kind of a diss track about Florida. Classic <laughs> <laughs> comedy. Uh, Will be releasing? Yeah. Uh, are you going to be releasing that song anytime soon? I really want to. I'm working on the recording right now. I've been doing it at the uh, open mics and stuff. I actually oh, wow. tried to do it in the failed to render club after uh, after I got the content warning. Then he was like, "Oh, it's the light." And I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna, you know, I've been doing a lot of jokes about lung cancer, but what you guys are probably thinking is this set really needs an acapella rap song about Florida, you know?" <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then I tried to do it, and but on failed to render, it for some reason didn't work because the mic didn't pick up my voice, and it just sounded like I was going. <laughs> Put your stuff on your car. Like it was, it was a, uh, it was a, uh, it was a weird, weird experience when I went back and watched the video. And uh, but it's been working good at the mics that that actually work, you know, in real life. So it's a, That's it's awesome. a. Do you have a history with music at all? Yeah, I play a little bit of music, you know, just for fun, just like the art and the comedy. You know, I'm not trying to be a musician or anything. I just I write some songs that I, I kind of think are funny. And sometimes people agree they're not good songs, like music-wise. <laughs> but uh, you know, they, there's some content in there that's that's funny sometimes. Yeah, I'll say they don't have to be top Billboard 100s, but as long as they're funny. Yeah, yeah, they're they're more funny than catchy. They're not probably something you're gonna jam on repeat in your car, but uh, they <laughs> they will make you giggle the first time or two you listen to them. Hell yeah, that's cool, man. That's really cool. Um, yeah. Do you have a couple a couple of things that you want to accomplish in comedy, or I guess in life? Um, 
as far as comedy goes, I just still want to like keep working on building more time, you know, to where I'm able to like comfortably do an hour and do it like different rooms and stuff. Um, I'm fairly comfortable doing 30 minutes, but, uh, in places that I understand the room, you know, like I did a couple of 30 minute gigs in like kind of, uh, rural places in Texas. And that was rough because they did not like some of my jokes. And, uh, it was, uh, it was a different experience. You know, when you're doing like 30 minutes to a crowd in Austin or whatever, or in like some of the, the bigger cities, got kind of people who kind of like can can vibe with some of the jokes but sometimes out there you say one wrong thing and they're just like this guy sucks oh and wow then you, you got to keep going because <laughs> you got to do your time then you go yeah. build the wall and they go woo <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you bring you them all back <laughs> it, i did a gig in, in conroe texas and that was the uh, kind of a cool gig for me because uh it it was the first time I ever had a standing ovation and then mm-hmm. immediately have it followed by standing boo ovation. I don't know. <laughs> well, how did that happen? I uh, I did a joke where I was like, it was my birthday recently. I work at a preschool. It was my birthday recently. And the kids found out it was my birthday. They asked me how old I was. And I was like, oh, I'm 40. And this one kid just said, yikes. It's like, I can't even count that high. And I was like, don't worry, little buddy. Neither could our president. And uh, <laughs> and they they were laughing because it was Biden, and I was like, "But neither could our last president either." And and then they started booing. It was great. <laughs> they stood up and clapped uh, for the Biden part, you know. And I kind of like let them hang on it for a second, and then I was like, "Neither could our last guy." And then immediately they just turned on me like fucking radical. It was it was great in in a bad way, you know. Like I I felt bad for the the for turn two who put me up there. Um, but, uh, you know, I, it was hilarious to me. And then I also apparently walked a table of like six DEA agents at that same show. DEA agents, wow. Yeah, I didn't know they were DEA agents, but I do some jokes about, you know, drugs and some jokes about how I hate the police. So, uh, you know, I mean, not that I hate the police, but the, the joke is like me and my friend broke into a school and um, we had set off the silent alarm on accident. And the weird thing about silent alarms is you can't hear them, but the police can. They're like dog whistles, but for pigs. Oh, <laughs> not like that one. Oh, dang. oh, that's good. That's so good. I thought it was good. They, the sixty agents did not. <laughs> they were they were not too happy with me. So they were. They were also some of the people who booed me during the the Trump can't read joke. Your turn. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Remind me not to go to Texas to do comedy. Oh, <laughs> just I, so when I'm doing, I've like kind of learned when I'm doing those rural gigs, I probably should just just leave the whole politics thing out of there. And also yeah. I had another joke about how I didn't believe in God uh, earlier and they were also freaking out about that. So you know how people be. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In Boston, they're like, "Yeah, me too," and shit, and like, but not out there. They're like, "No, Jesus is real. We is gonna be our Lord, Savior, and Protector, and deliver us from your terrible jokes." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a kind of that's what doing those other things is important for. You know, if you get into your pocket too much, you don't really see the whole experience. Exactly. So, yeah, you're right about that. Kind of get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, it really helps you grow, I think, and and teaches you some things that you might not have learned otherwise. I agree. 
I agree. Hell yeah. Because people are different. Everybody in your audience is going to be different. So you have to be able to make your comedy come off to different people and make sure that everybody feels included. I think that's like the sign of a really good comedian is when they can make their comedy universal to the, where it resonates with like a good fat majority of people. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's not, they were, they were digging some of my jokes before that, uh, but I didn't have them like in the palm of my hand, you know, where I was like crushing. And then after those jokes, they weren't like listening to anything I said. You know, it will really yeah. shut people down like so fast if you if you do something that they don't like. And um, that's the weird that you see so many like new comics, especially trying to be so edgy. And they're just like they don't realize that they're just alienating so much of their audience. And the, the jokes, first of all, aren't really that great to begin with. Like anybody can be mean, like being mean is super easy to do, like being mean and just insulting people. You can do that all day, you know, like it, it's mm-hmm. the this, this easiest thing uh, to do. You know, you just look at whatever somebody is wrong about them and you just like call it out. Man, it's just like, like, a, it's not do a that. Comedy, you know? <laughs> like it's, it's, you can use it as a tool if you need to like defend yourself or something. But other than like, if you're in a roast battle, there's no, no reason for that. But you just see these new comics just like really insulting themselves and like the audience members and just like everything it's just kind of crazy man but like again i i did stupid jokes when i was starting and i i, I said all kinds of offensive shit yeah you know, like, yeah oh, make people laugh by just like shocking them which is like not a good way to do it it's like no definitely not i'm not super into, into shock humor yeah i mean I, I, that's one of the other things that made me kind of quit comedy i was like I don't think I'm, I'm really using my voice. I'm just trying to like shock people with some of these jokes. I mean, I was not just doing only like bad jokes, you know, like, but some of my jokes, I was like, why, why do I, why am I doing that joke? You know, like, it's just kind of a stereotype and I'm just playing on stereotypes and it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. So I try to really alter my comedy since then. And and like, well, one thing, uh, one thing, Jimmy, though, uh, 10 years, uh, out of comedy, you have a different perspective on wor- of the world and life and everything, you know. So you're gonna come back with just a whole new perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it 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 I did grow a lot. I mean, I went from my 20s to my 30s during that time. So it's uh it kind of puts a lot of things in perspective. And also, I, I you know I'd been around a lot more things. I I'd done some comedy defensive driving during that time too, like a little bit of teaching and. uh just just seeing the different like ways people react to certain things it kind of like just makes you want to change the way you present yourself yeah. although on on facebook i still come off as a crazy lunatic i think uh, <laughs> I, I think we I all know. i think we all come <laughs> off as crazy on facebook every now and then yeah I've, i earlier i was talking about how i'm like oh yeah there's bad stuff that's happening to you but you just got to like look at the good stuff and then I, i'm like thinking about my facebook posts and i'm like Maybe I should take my own advice. That's a, there's a, I'm like, look at all this crap. Like, <laughs> lighten that up. But you said yourself earlier, you know, when you're walking to school, that's kind of the, the, the theory that you came up with and yeah. you've been living your life like that ever since. I try to, you know, and it's, I'm, I'm pretty good at it when I'm not on social media or like finding things out in the news. Cause then I'm just like, this is awful. Like I feel responsible to need to share this and let other people know, but it's yeah. like, 
maybe I shouldn't, you know, like maybe I, but then I, I, I'm like, what is going to happen? How's the world going to get to be a better place unless people start like, you know, trying to make it that way. But I I don't know. It's hard. Steps to making the world a better place is making you a better person. That's That's like, if you can't, you can't control everybody else. But if you can start with you first, you're already like one step ahead, making the world a better place, you know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that point of view. I I, I like uh, your point of view. I, I grew up also um, just trying to find the the thinnest of silver linings in the, the roughest times of my life. And uh, that translated into my art. It translates into my comedy, um, trying to alchemize really difficult parts of my life into something that's funny that I can laugh at at this point and then make other people comfortable at laughing at me. Like (laughs) that's all like a part of the journey. And I, I think that once you get to the point where you can find something good about the situation or call the situation the truth of what it is and accept it. I think those are two powerful things that you can adapt in life to make everything in your comedy, in work, in careers, in relationships, just a little bit much like, I don't want to say easier, but a little bit more fluid. Does that make sense? Sure. Oh, well, like, right. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> I agree too. Yeah, I mean, the it's uh, they're hard things to learn how to do, you know, and they're they're not something that you can just do every time without trying, you know. Yeah. Like, the more you the more you try, the easier it gets. But you still have to be conscious of all these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, with that being said, thank you for joining us, Jimmy. It's been a lot of fun talking to you and getting to know you a little bit better. Heck yeah! Thanks for having me, y'all. I, I really appreciate it, and I had a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Do you want to, you want to plug your social media? Uh, just, I'm at Jimmy Smoltich on everything except for Twitter. I, I had a Twitter account, but then I like didn't write my password down and now I don't. <laughs> so, uh, there you is can a- always email, uh, Elon and ask to reset your password. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. I'll get right on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could just actually go to his factory and sell the street from you. Just drive down to Old Testament Road. <laughs> just head on it. <laughs> sure. He's not busy. Um, anyways, yeah, I don't want to have anything to do with that guy. Um, but yeah, so I'm on Facebook instead of I'll mess with Mark Zuckerberg. No, uh, it's all evil. Um, it is all evil. There's no winning there. (laughs) Facebook and Instagram, Jimmy Smoltich, I, on YouTube, Jimmy Smoltich, just, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not very creative in my things because Smoltich is a weird last name. So it was available. So it's just easier to. On the metaverse, on the VR. I'm glad some big evil person does not own YouTube. I mean, that we know I don't of. Know. They might, do they? I have no I idea what's know. going on there. I but... think YouTube's his own corporation. I don't know if there's, they have a, a evil king at realm at helm, like uh, uh, these other places do. I'm sure somebody's making a ton of cash off of that thing. Oh, that yeah. thing's gotten worse over the years. I don't know if if you guys feel the same, but I feel like YouTube used to be great, and just over time, it's gotten worse and worse. And they keep trying to be like, hey, you want to get YouTube bread? You want this? Oh, my gosh. Every time I open the damn app, it's like, you want to get a free trial? I'm like, no, I don't. I don't want to actually, like, I feel like I'm going to actually click yes one day. 
I know. It's like, just give me free YouTube like you used to do. You don't need to make any improvements. It was already good, you know? You, you lifted the 10-minute ban or, or the 10-minute limit on videos, so we're good, dude. Like, But now they're like, nah, give us money. We want we want money. We want, we want money, too, so give us your money. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Right. You, <laughs> <first>. <laughs> you can find you can find me at Funky Sam Medina across the board on all the social medias. And I'm at She Shines for You, all spelled out, no numbers on Instagram and uh Twitter. And everything else is that hypothetical comedy. Hell yeah. Heck yeah. Thanks.